Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yay Networks. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake. Stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy. Much like cake. Heather Jensen is a mom of three with a passion for being active. It started back in high school when her parents encouraged her to find a sport she could put all that teenage energy into. She chose swimming and spent the next 10 years competing in the water. It wasn't until years later, after Heather became a mom, that running became such a huge part of her life. At first, it was a way to stay active with her kids. But after the birth of her third child, it became a form of meditation and a way to find mental clarity as she battled postpartum depression. As she sought professional help for her depression, Heather turned to her love of fitness like never before and even signed up for a new level of athleticism, the Ironman 70.3. Heather had already become a veteran marathon racer, but this new goal helped give her the focus and drive she needed, along with the professional help she was seeking, to fight her way through the darkness. While Heather has run into her fair share of hurdles on training days and race days, nothing quite compares to the accident she was in this past October. As she was driving on the freeway, headed to film one of her coaching sessions with Nordic Track for iFit, she suddenly encountered a scene that looked like it came straight from a movie. With giant construction beams flying across the freeway, Heather's car was hit and thrown off the side of the road. Miraculously, no one died that day, but the event left Heather wondering if she'd ever race again. Today on Courtney Beyond the Cake, Heather opens up about her journey with postpartum depression, how running helped her through the darkness, and how she's fought her way back to the finish line. Friends, welcome back to this week's episode of Courtney Beyond the Cake. I am excited to introduce you to my friend, Heather Jensen, who I, you guys have actually known since middle school and life has brought us back together as we went our separate ways after middle school, the high school, college, all the things. And we're both back here in Utah and, oh gosh, when did we like, I don't want to say meet, but when did we meet up again it was a few years ago, right? Maybe four or five. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe like four or five, and yeah, it's like it's like a fate thing. And like we were like friends when we were younger, and we like kind of stayed in touch. Yeah, but um, you know, it's been nice with social media to kind of keep tabs on each other. But yeah, and it's yeah. been fun to see your journey and where you've gone, and how you know the road that life has taken you, and the path that you've chosen, all these amazing things that you've done. And friends, Heather, as you heard in the introduction, is this incredible athlete. And on Instagram, you find her as Try and Run Girl, and you'll see her just killing her own records in running and triathlons and doing all these things. And I'm just like constantly inspired and wondering, how do I get as fast as Heather? You're too nice to me. I, of course, I'm like amazed at all of that you have done. I'm th- like, talk about goals. Like, oh. <laughs> hi, Courtney, you're amazing. Especially when like people talk about you and I'm like, yeah, she's my real life friend. They're like, nah, <laughs> like, I'm like, yes, we're real life friends. And they're just like, oh my gosh, she's the coolest. Like, oh. I just want to hang out with her. I'm like, I know she's the best. <laughs> well, that is really, really nice. Oh. But I am excited. Well, to... you've done amazing things. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to share your story. You've had quite the journey specifically this last year. And we're going to get into an accident that you survived about eight months ago. But before we get to that and start talking about kind of what happened and and how you've like had this awesome comeback since then, I'd love to hear how you got into like competitive triathlons. And I'm not just saying like, oh, you do one every once in a while, like you're sponsored, you're, you're out there like winning these races. Um, but I knew you as a, as a swimmer uh, in middle school and high school. So how did your path kind of lead you to where you are right now? Yes. Well, you're so sweet. I, I, it's actually rare if I win a race, but, um, (laughs) it's definitely something I strive for and I strive to be competitive. I mean, I'm a mom of three and I'm 38. So, you know, I try to, I try try to hang out with the, you know, 20 year olds Mm -hmm. and the 30 year olds, young 30 year olds that are running fast and, 
but yeah, so I, my passion for running really started after I had kids because I, I grew up as a swimmer, like you said, um, I think, weren't we both cheerleaders at the same time? I'm trying to remember. You know, I was never Middle a cheerleader, but <laughs> I, I, had, I think our group of friends back then, we had a lot of like dancer friends yes. and I was yes. kind of out Dance in left field, literally playing softball <laughs> and then basketball. <laughs> yes. I knew you played softball. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we both love baseball <laughs> yeah. too. So we could talk to Dodgers all day. Oh, long. all day. All day. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I, I was a swimmer for about 10 years and swam up through my, I, I stopped just right about my senior year, but yeah, so that was kind of my roots in like athletic, my start of athletic, um, endurance athlete. Yeah. Um, it, it was really, it's actually funny because I was a sprint swimmer. I was a sprint freestyler, but we practiced, you know, we were there two a days and, mm-hmm. you know, we got up at four thirty in the morning and then go into school with wet hair when you're in high school, isn't like the funnest thing in the world. And then you'd go back and, um, I did cheer my junior year as well. So that was really tricky to juggle both, but which is maybe now why I like triathlon because you're like, you're dabbling in three sports at the same yeah. time. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I swam and uh, I went to Brighton High School. So if anybody knows Brighton High School um, in Salt Lake, go Bengals. Um, we had a really solid, um, lots of really solid sports programs, but um, our swim team was very uh, prestigious at the time. We had the most wins in a row for state. I think we were like 20 or 21 or something for the girls team and like 17 for the boys team in a row. So, you know, very high expectations when you're a young person. And I kind of look back on it just thinking it was fun. But when I look back, sometimes I go, oh, yeah, my coach was really intense. And I was there a lot of hours. And, you know, I think I just didn't really know anything different. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I started and then just, you know, got married, went to college and just kind of started dabbling in like aerobics and kind of getting into that world because I I was kind of sick of smelling like chlorine for all hours of the day. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) As much as I loved swimming, I was like, yeah, and I still I still like swimming, but my um, I have a coach now, and she's always like, "Hey, you might want to swim this week." Like, it takes me a little more coaxing to get in the water these days, especially with like long blonde hair and yep. you know the oh, time yeah. it takes to get there. Yeah, so I still swim, I still enjoy it, but um, I really got into running after I had my I've got three kids, and my oldest is fourteen, so it was yeah about fourteen years ago I ran my very first half marathon when she was seven months old. It was wow. um, in the summer and. I had just been given a baby jogging stroller from my parents. I gained 50 pounds with her mm-hmm. despite all my best efforts. I just kind of gained weight and I had always kind of hated running and just decided I was going to start running just to kind of get the baby weight off. And then it turned into, I love running. Yeah. Um, so then it just kind of progressed from there, you know, through having my second and third babies, um, just more races and the half marathons turned into marathons and, the sprint tries turned into half Ironmans and full Ironmans. And that's just kind of where it went from there. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to the post baby weight, trying to figure that out. But really I hear from a lot of people like, I hate running. I hate running. It's so, how did you get into it? I, I really like despise it, but it's hard to explain. Cause I kind of felt the same way. I ran for sports. I had to run and do sprints and basketball and that kind of thing. So I never like had a passion for it. And it wasn't until I just and maybe there's something to it. So you'll have to let me know how you felt when you make the decision, like conscious decision to, I'm going to run, I'm going to learn to be a runner. And mine was like the same kind of thing where it was, I signed up for a half marathon. I'm, I'm just going to do it. Let's see how this goes kind of thing. And I started to fall in love with it. What for you was that like turning point, you know, beyond like wanting to lose the, the baby weight? Like, what do you think made you fall in love with running the way that it has, because I think that's a question a lot of people have is like, I don't know that I'll ever love it, but it's, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out like, how do you explain that to someone? I I think you like nailed it because I feel the exact same way. Like I did not love running. We had to run for swim team, like anywhere from three, four or five miles, depending on the day. And I was pretty much always in the back and I hated it. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Get me in the water, you know? Sure, I'll do hill sprints and like medicine ball dry land stuff. But I was like running, no, thank you. Like mm-hmm. I just did not like it. I think I tried ca- cross country for like two months for a hot second, and I was like, no. So I mean, I I tried to like it when I was younger, and I do think that there's a little bit, and I don't know if you'd agree with this because now you've done you know some races and half marathons, and um, I, I think that there's this level of endurance that kind of comes after you get a little bit older. 
And I do know that I've read some articles that talk about women in their 30s and stuff, just really starting to feel more comfortable with like long distance running Mm -hmm. and just kind of being comfortable pushing. I'm like, maybe it's just pregnancy that changes us and go like, oh, you can carry that baby for nine months and, you know, put that baby out and deal with sleepless nights. And so you can push through this tough thing, you know. I don't know what it is. You don't even have to be a mom, but just, um, you know, as, as I've progressed in life, I feel like that sprint swimmer started running to lose the baby weight and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, do I signed up for a half marathon just to be like, I'm signed up, I'm committed. Yep. It's not going to train for itself. I've got to just do it. And it was also my sanity. Like my, my cute daughter, Emma, she was so colicky when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. She was just the hardest baby for like the first four or five months. And she's like the best kid now. So we, she got it all out, you know, but um, <laughs> she was really high energy. She was colicky. And so anytime I go on the jogger stroller, she pretty much loved it. And she wouldn't cry. Occasionally she would cry and I would just let her cry it out. So it was kind of my sanity time where I was yeah. like, she's safe in there. I'm safe. We're going to go for a run. And it's kind of our bonding experience, but we're also getting that, you know, I was getting that me time that I needed. So yeah, that, that really gradually turned into this, like I crossed the finish line of the half marathon and I was still nursing her at the time. And I just remember feeling so accomplished and I hadn't had that feeling since like doing a really intense, like me or like yeah. swimming or anything like that. So for me, it kind of ignited that, you know, teenage athlete again in me where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I really miss competing. I mm-hmm. miss, you know, and I'm going, there's no way I'd ever win a race. And now that's become a reality where occasionally yeah. I'll like, you know, I got, I ran a PR last Saturday and got, um, I won my age group. Yeah. That's and that amazing. was like really fun. <laughs> that was like a fun little like bonus. Like, Oh, I set a PR and I won, which, you know, given on the race day, there's always going to be fast people. And that's not always the goal. The goal is just to, you know, kind of beat yesterday and get better. But I think like, you know, like I said, I think just kind of continuing to run just kind of ignited that inner athlete in me again. Yeah, absolutely. And there is something about crossing that finish line and saying, I just did that. Like I just ran, whether it's a 5k, a 10k, a half, a full, like to be able to say you did that. And then I don't know about you, Heather, but that's kind of an addictive feeling for me. Is that how you felt? Is that what kept you like going forward and saying, all right, I'm signing up for next one and let's see if I can do it better. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you and I just actually both ran the Utah Valley half. We sadly yeah. did get to see each other at the end, but, um, but yeah, like we both ran that race and like, it doesn't matter like to me, like obviously I love going for like personal records, course records, maybe a age group win or, you know, whatever it is, that's always motivating, but it doesn't really matter to me. As long as I cross the finish line and get my medal, I'm usually pretty happy. Yeah. And yeah, it keeps you coming back for more. You go, okay, I can do that again, better, faster. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so, you've, you've chronicled I mean, a lot of your rate. I mean, like every race, when did you start your Instagram? Because what I love too, is you kind of take it, you've taken us through that journey. We get to see that first race that you did. We get to see the progression that you've had and some cool experiences. Let's talk about the road to Kona too, and being recorded, you know, for NBC, a show that they did. Um, when did you kind of start saying, all right, you know, I'm going to share this and kind of bring other people on my journey and teach other people along the way too. Yeah, no, I love, um, you know, you and I are both big into social media and it's, it's so fun to connect with people, but I honestly, I did not set out to be like an influencer. I just mm-hmm. set out to, you know, I don't know, whatever the new trend, you know, the reels, whatever I, I, those are like, I'm like way behind on that because I have been doing Instagram and blogging for eight years. I'm probably yeah. one of the more original Instagram runners probably. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can scroll all the way back and see like my old terrible photos when I was pregnant with my third and that was kind of the turning point for me was I was kind of still discovering who I was in my 20s. And as far as like, am I going to do this running thing all while having babies? Because it was, you know, it was really kind of a punch in the face sometimes. So because I would try to go, I'd had this dream of qualifying for Boston. Mm-hmm. And I'd had this dream of doing that. And, and it started out as just chronicling my journey after my third. I had really bad postpartum. And that um, I opened up and shared about on Quest for Kona when I, when I did that TV show for NBC. And that was really hard to share. That was like very vulnerable. Um, And running a triathlon became my therapy. I got through it. Um, But I just wanted to let other moms know, like, you're not alone. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a normal, a very normal thing. It's hard. It doesn't make any, any less hard, but it just talking about it, gaining um, a little perspective from other moms, feeling like you're not alone. 
And that to me was like, I felt like that was like a little mission that I had was just like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. And whether it's running, if you're listening to this and you're like, I hate running, like <laughs> it could be anything like you. I'm so impressed with like how you, um, your, your outlet is tape. Like it's baking. You have become such an incredible baker and influencer on the community. And that's, I know a huge outlet for you. Yeah. Um, and letting moms know like, Hey, you can still pursue your goals and dreams all while being an amazing mom. Yeah. You know, there's no limit to what we can do as moms. And my kids always come first. Like my summer is being ruled by my kids' schedule right now. And that's totally fine. Yep. Um, you know, time and season. I mean, they're going to be gone someday and I'll miss them. But um, I've gone out of the house, you know. But yeah. um, it, there's a time and a season for things. And so I think while I was like in the midst of having baby one, two, three, and in my 20s, I was kind of just trying to figure this thing out and be like, am I really going to do this long term, even though I liked it? I tried to qualify for Boston so many times and kept coming up short. And I was, yeah. I was really discouraged. I was extremely discouraged. And I, I try to stay really positive. I try to keep my page upbeat because I truly believe in that. Like I believe in sharing the hard and like the, Hey, that's a part of your story. And that's the reality to a lot of us. But I also believe in like, let's be positive and counter blessings and like move forward and do what we can do to be as positive as we can in life. Mm-hmm. And so after kind of chronicling that and going through that journey, I just kind of kept going with it. And it turned into, eventually I started sleeping more and I wasn't nursing babies. And I finally started getting a little bit faster. And, you know, that turned into some more sponsorships and, and, you know, being kind of a mother running athlete, athlete, whatever, and kind of finding my little, uh, my little space on there. And that just kind of continued and and to the point where NBC noticed and they reached out to me to be part of this quest for Kona show. And um, that was a really neat moment for me to be able to share that journey because I've shared it on Instagram and on my blog, but um, being able to share that, um, you know, kind of on a global, a little bit more of a global platform was very humbling. And they only picked four women and two of us were from um, America. So I was very humbled to be one of those people that they picked and, and share about that. And no, I did not qualify for Kona yet. That's still the goal. (laughs) I'd love to get there someday, but um, I have qualified for Boston, the Boston marathon and the New York city marathon and kind of chipped away at that. And, and so there's always places to go from there. You know, there's always, there's always up to go. If you want it, you can keep on that journey. But it is, it is wonderful to look back and be like, wow, I, I finally achieved some of those goals that I set. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, it doesn't really, I always say this um, to my classes and because I teach as well. And I always remind them, I say, there is no expiration date for your goals, which is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can set those goals and achieve them at any age. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I love it so much. And I, I love that about your story and so many women that I meet that there is this total openness and availability for a second act in life that we can change our course and do something new. And you and I, I think are, are clear examples of that. Um, even without the intention, that's the funny thing too, right? You just start following something that makes you feel good. And for me, it was being in the kitchen. And for you, it was just pounding your feet on the pavement and you knew you felt good. So you keep chasing that feeling and it just leads to, you know, bettering yourself every day. You know, we talked, you talked about that, like just even being better than your last race or your, your yesterday's run, like just having that goal in mind is so huge for us individually, but then it's incredible as we continue to follow each footstep forward in the good path. Um, what a difference it can make for the people around it as we share it. And I think that sharing part is such a big, important thing, uh, in your story as well, like you did with Kona. And as you do on Instagram, talking about postpartum and some of the challenges you've had, and just even like, come on the everyday struggle of being human and working so dang hard to qualify for Boston and having that door shut in your face over and over again. Yeah, that was a, I mean, that was a huge blow to me. I remember, uh, actually, so I actually did qualify, I trained myself for the marathon that I qualified for the first time to Boston. And I was really proud of that because, um, you know, that was several years ago and I, I obviously progressed even more since, but I was very proud of that. And I had just barely come off my first full Ironman and I was like going, okay, this, I still want to do this. And I had qualified. And then the, 
if, for those that don't know, you need to qualify for Boston in a certain time standard, which mm-hmm. they've actually decreased it by five minutes twice in the last 10 years. Wow. Um, so it's gotten harder and harder. Every What's the time year. for your, for your age group? So it used to be three, uh, it used to be three forty and, you know, 50, whatever seconds and you would get in. That was back in, you know, 2010 or whatever the, the date was. And then they dropped it to 335 and I was still in that 34 and younger age group. Uh-huh. So if you're 18 or 34, you have the same time standard oh, for wow. men and women. It's wow. a different time, but it was three hours and 35 minutes. And then they dropped it again to a 330, wow. but I did age up. So yeah. I was, I was in the next group and I had ran a 337 and I was so proud of that. And I was like, okay. I've got two and a half minutes that should be enough. And it would have been enough any other year. Mm. But that particular year, I had missed it by 50, 50 something seconds. I can't remember. What? 53 seconds, 57 seconds, something like that. So less than a minute. Oh, my gosh. Which, <laughs> you know, in a race, a minute, still a minute. But it was also kind of like, oh, my gosh, if I would have known, I maybe yeah. would have hustled a little quicker. Or I, you know. And so I remember just kind of crying and be like, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be good enough for this marathon. And I remember some friends reaching out to me and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like this sucks. I've been trying for nine, 10 years to do this and I must be horrible. Like, why can't I do it? I qualify and I still don't get in. And I remember just being so like gut punched by that. And um, so then, oh, I believe it was the next year I had just come off my first full Ironman. It was either my first or second and I said, I was signed up to do the St. George Marathon because I do it every year. And I was just kind of not feeling it. I mean, I was, I was putting the training in, but I was just, those feelings started to come back. And I was like, why am I doing this? And I thought one last ditch effort, one last ditch effort. And I was like, if I don't get it this time by enough that I know I'm in, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not running marathons anymore. Wow. I can't, like, I can't do this to myself. And I remember, um, I hope it's okay to share. I mean, yeah. I, I am a spiritual being, but I remember, I remember saying my prayers the night before and just being like, Hey, Heavenly Father, I trust you. You know, I trust you. Whatever you think is for me on this path. I know it might sound silly that this, you know, mom in her thirties really wants to qualify for Boston, but I just, I want this. I put time into it. I need this. I feel like it would be a good thing for me in my life. Um, so please, if, if it's okay, can I please run good tomorrow? You know, please help me. Yeah. Um, and I remember going and having up until that point, the best marathon I'd ever had in my life. Wow. And it was really kind of a spiritual experience actually, which is, um, uh, you know, of course something I could get into uh, in detail, but won't, but it was, um, it was a very wonderful experience to actually run um, really strong the first. And I know the St. George course really well. Yeah. And so to run that first half of the course, you know, you do a half marathon and they're really hard. And then you think doing double that, you know, I, so you can, you can I run. can't think about it. I have never wanted to do yes, double you that. Can. <laughs> yes, you can, girl. We're going to get you there if you want. To, so. um, but no, but the running, you know, running that first half, I felt really good. And I kind of held back a little bit. And then I was like, yeah. all right, I'm right where I need to be. And, and then, you know, about mile 18 or 19, where you hit the wall, I still yeah. felt pretty good. And I was like, okay. And kept checking my watch and <laughs> ran a 329. And I knew wow. that I was for sure in. I was in by six minutes. And so I knew I was for sure going to get in. And I remember just going across the finish line and just crying and being like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. I think I'm supposed to be doing this. Yeah. And being able to actually get to go run it um, in 2019 was just such a huge uh, like life accomplishment for me. Yeah. So. yeah, it's incredible. And I love that you didn't give up, but you have moments along the way that you do kind of get this punch in the face kick in the butt, you know, where you're just like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I mean, I'll, I've had my fair share along this journey the last, you know, few years even. Um, and this idea of not feeling good enough and having, uh, the roadblocks, the hurdles get in our way and feel very defeated so many different times. I'm wondering for you, like, how do you get past that? What do you say to yourself? What do you do to get over those? I'm not good enough feelings. Well, I think, I mean, I really do think uh, for me, like I said, like prayer and just having that purpose um, to know that, you know, whatever my goals and desires, if I'm putting my efforts into them are important um, to me and that, you know, I can get through it. I can get through a tough time. Um, 
even if it's really hard. And, you know, to a lot of people, maybe like putting that much time into a race sounds silly, but like, I mean, I get about five in the morning to go run and, and I put a lot of time and effort into it and making sure I'm getting my workouts done and what I eat and, okay, I can't have that diet Coke right now because I got to go to sleep so I can get up and run. And, you know, there, there's a lifestyle, which I love the lifestyle. It's not really a sacrifice in a mm-hmm. lot of ways because it's something you want and you love. Um, but it is, you know, it's something that you put effort into and you want to see that effort pay out on race day. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it doesn't, and that's really hard and frustrating. But other times it does. And, you know, when you're close, like I remember I was really close to getting my PR last Saturday and I only got a PR by six seconds, but I ran a 25, which is like a sub elite, like an elite B bib um, at a lot of races. So the faster you get, the harder it is to shave off more time. It just yeah. gets a lot harder. Yeah. And I remember getting um, my, my dang shoelace come, came untied at around mile eight. Oh. I remember being so mad because I would have been a lot faster, but um, I still got that PR and I remember kind of digging really deep that last mile, even though I was just, gassed and I thought I have not gotten up and done all of these training runs for nothing and and just really pushing hard to the end um so you know endure to the end I guess I would say is just making it count and knowing that the effort you put in today and tomorrow will hopefully pay out on race day and it's all worth it and I don't think we ever regret effort and passion and determination. Those are all good things, whether we PR in a race or, you know, have some other kind of personal record in our life on the day to day, like you will not regret putting forth effort and determination and having a goal to work towards. Absolutely. I think, and that goes for anything, you know, Yeah. maybe you're listening to this and you're in the throes of college and you're like, this is really freaking hard. And it's like, you know what, you're going to get through it. You're, you're at mile. 22 of that marathon and you're almost done and you're going to get through it, you know, yeah. and, um, creating new recipes for you or, you know, whatever that yeah. goal and that thing that you're striving for, maybe it's just with your work or being a good mom. It, it's hard, you know, when you're in the thick of it, but yeah, it does. Those payouts make it all worth it for yeah. sure. Excited to share more of Heather's story with you in just a moment. 2021 has become a year of healing for me in so many different ways. One of which has been my mental health. For years and years, I've looked at depression and anxiety as something I've just had to deal with and manage. And for a long time, something I thought I should hide and be ashamed of. I'm learning, however, the importance of opening up and talking as part of the healing process. As part of that, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. It's something I started when I was 19 and continue to do today. I know it's not easy to always find a therapist or even find the time to go to an appointment. So when I heard about better help, I knew it was something I had to tell you about. BetterHelp is a safe online environment for you to talk to a professional therapist. No leaving your house, no sitting in waiting rooms, and no paying pricey bills. You can even message your therapist at any time. Of course, everything you share is confidential. And you'll see that they specialize in so many different areas, family issues, self-esteem, depression, relationships, and so much more. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash beyondcake. Join over 1 million people who have started to take charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash beyondcake. Well, you were really in the thick of it at the end of 2020. <laughs> you uh, Tell us a little bit about this. You had a really bad, awful accident on the freeway that, um, you guys can go on Heather's page and look at pictures, but I think the best description, I'm sure people have told you this is it looked and sounded like it was a scene out of final destination, uh, car crash with yep. a huge truck in front of you, beams flying off the truck into your car. I'm going to let you recount that, um, experience for us and, and tell us a little bit about what happened that day. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, a, I mean, it's an experience obviously I'll never forget. Um, it still, you know, I talk about running and how I just ran like a PR half, like, which is a miracle in and itself, because I didn't know if I'd ever get back to that point after this awful car accident. And I still have a lot of some, uh, some things I'm dealing with still with it, of, of course, but, yeah. um, 
miraculously, I walked away from the car accident. But basically what happened was, is, um, and actually a trainer for ISIT um, and Nordic Track, if, if people are familiar with that company, it's amazing. And I'm one of their trainers that yelled at you on the bike in the treadmill. <laughs> so um, I was heading to go to their studios in Logan for the week to go work. And I had just left my house. I was about 10 minutes from my house. And what had happened was that I was going northbound. I was in the middle lane and a semi-truck going southbound had it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what caused the crash. crash. We're still in, kind of investigating what they say caused it. But for whatever reason, the semi crashed into the left barrier from its lane which was going towards the northbound lane mm -hmm. and it's steel beams that were huge. I mean, you can go look on my page if you want to see photos of them there. They were huge and they came flying off the truck. They were not securely fastened and they came flying off the truck right at my car. And I believe nine other cars, not yeah. exactly sure the number, but I mean, several cars and my car, I actually have a little video of it that I shared um, with KSL that you can find as well if you want to see it. It's, it's kind of small, but you can see from a security footage, these beams hit my car and my car flew across three lanes of traffic, crashed onto the concrete barrier on my right side mm -hmm. and rolled down into the embankment off the freeway. I mean, the so, pictures are horrific. I don't, like you would look at those, Heather, yeah, and horrific. not, like you would just be, completely surprised and amazed that somebody got out of that car and walked, well, not necessarily walked away physically, but you know, you were, yeah. you, you survived. It, well, it's a miracle. I'm telling you it's a miracle. No one died. Um, there were several injuries. A lot of, a lot of us are still dealing with some things, mm -hmm. but yeah, basically after my car was launched and rolled into the, um, off the freeway embankment, there, there was a neighboring business close by, and I'm upside down in my car, kind of going, what the crap just happened? Yeah. Um, it rung my bell. My head actually broke the window. The airbags all went off. So I couldn't see what happened. But um, I knew that I was in trouble. I knew something bad had happened. And I was definitely in shock, a little yeah. bit of shock. And I remember thinking that I should stay there for a minute and see if someone would help me. And then I thought, nope, I need to get out of this car. I got to get out and... I had, I had, a, um, like a prompting, as you would say, to get out of the car. And I knew that staying in the car would be dangerous for whatever reason. And I don't think at that time I had realized it was like a scene from a movie that I was like, okay, I know that cars could blow up. So, and at the time I didn't realize that the beam had actually hit my gas pipe or my gas tank as well. Oh, wow. And so there was gas in the car. And so I was able to unbuckle my seatbelt. And hit my, I kind of hit hard as I came down, but I was, had a lot of adrenaline to get out of the car. And so I was barely able to pry up the airbags because they come down pretty tight, which is great because it really protected me. Yeah. Um, those, those cars and airbags save lives, I'm telling you, and seatbelts. So I was able to just pry it open enough to crawl out of the car on my arms, uh, my forearms, kind of army crawl out. And I was barefoot. My flip-flops had flown every, flown off in the car. And I was just in like a sundress. It was October and it was kind of warm. And, and I remember kind of crawling out and got kind of bloodied up. And uh, all of a sudden I heard voices and I just remember yelling help. And then I just felt arms around me. And these workers from the neighboring business had come over and um, picked me up and got me over um, the chain link fence to safety. They had a ladder and they helped me get over the ladder so that I could... Um, sit down and wait for an ambulance to come. And it was just a horrific experience. And they were my angels. They totally, totally helped save me um, and get me away from the car. The car did not explode, but it very well could have, yeah. which is a very scary situation. And, um, you know, I had enough knowledge to, uh, of the situation. I was, I was concussed. I could tell my brain was not quite working well, but I remember spouting off my husband's phone number to someone and he was actually able to come right to me and he could direct them to get to me. And so that was a miracle that he was able to be right there afterwards. And wow. so, yeah, so then I went to the hospital and, you know, had several scans and x-rays and, you know, it was kind of a, an ordeal from there, as you can imagine, with lots of physical therapy appointments and neuroclinic and 
a long road to recovery, but I was alive. So that was, you know, it was worth fighting for to, to climb out and be alive and, you know, get healthy again. Yeah. I mean, looking back and even seeing some of those pictures and you posted one the other day um, of your car. I mean, are you still amazed that there were not more serious injuries? Because I am looking from the outside. I still am just like, I don't know how you walked away from that. I I don't know either. I mean, other than I know I'm supposed to be here. (laughs) Angels, you know, whatever. I just am like, it's, and a really good car, I will say. Like, yeah, I definitely know that those things helped save me. Um, But yeah, it's, it is a miracle that no one died. It was just absolutely horrific. I mean, it shut down the freeway for five hours. Yeah. It was a horrible accident with a lot of aftermath that we're still dealing with. I still have a lot of kind of weird pains on the left side of my body. That's the side I was hit on. Yeah. Um, and going through a full neuro program and full PTSD program. Mm-hmm. I mean, I jumped on my healing pretty quick. And so I think it might be easy to look and be like, oh, it wasn't that bad. She's okay. But I was very dedicated to those doctor appointments and it was kind of a full-time job. Oh yeah. Um, Going to the doctor almost every day, you know, just to heal and fight for the healing so that I could be a whole happy mom and wife, you know? Yeah. Did your perspective on life, on work, on family, on just anything change after that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I really feel like I've always been, really, I've always really tried to be a really good mom, a good wife, a good friend, a good sister, a good daughter, you know, be all of the above. Like, I think that that's always been a mission of mine in life is just Mm -hmm. to be the best you can be. But yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it was definitely a, I don't want to say a wake up call because I don't think I needed a wake up call, but I think it was a, a blessing in disguise to just remember to enjoy the crazy mom days and sitting at the long baseball games and the dance competitions Mm -hmm. and really being like, I am so happy to be here, you know, and I'm going to get choked up talking about it, but just, I'm so happy to be alive and be, you know, go on a date with my husband and be at whatever my kids need me to be there for, you know, or just snuggling on the couch watching a movie because we just want to be together and really has, given me a better perspective about what's important. Yeah. What was it like for you getting back on, I should not the race track, but get back into racing and, and to do a race again after having that accident and you talk about PTSD, did you have nerves? Were you scared at all as you started racing again? Like, what if I injure myself? What if there's, uh, you know, something I, I'm not really aware of and I make it worse? Totally. It's actually funny that you bring that up because I did, um, in May, I did the St. George 70.3 Ironman. So it's mm-hmm. a half Ironman down there. And it, it's, a. I used to live in Southern Utah, so I know the course well. I've raced it, I think, five times, five yeah. or six times. And so I, I, it's kind of a home course for me. And I, I remember just kind of feeling pretty good in March and thinking maybe I could sign up and do that race. And talked to my coach who's my really dear friend and and she was like I think as long as you can get some long bike rides in you know you could do it and so we kind of made a plan to do it and she goes who cares what your time is just go have fun and I think probably just racing and getting a medal and being alive is going to be such a big accomplishment I was like absolutely so that was kind of my like comeback race where I was like this is my home course my family lives there and I just wanted to have a race because I had raced. Uh, I actually did a marathon with my little sister two days before the accident. And so that was my last race was um, right before the accident. And so I was a little nervous about it, especially biking outside, even though it wasn't a bike accident, there was something about the road and the potential of crashing on a bike. You know, we're going Mm -hmm. down those hills on the St. George Ironman. It's a very hilly course very challenging course. Um, it's where the pros race, the pro championship series. And so, you know, you're going down at 40 plus miles per hour on some wow. of those drops. And, you know, that's, that's fast and a little bit scary, especially for anybody. But after coming back from a crack, so then it was a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, you know, I'm just going to kind of race how I feel. I'm just going to go by feel. Yeah. And I was trained enough to do it, but I did, like I said, I'd mentioned I have a few things on the left side of my body that are a little bit weird that I'm still going to physical therapy for. But, uh, 
I had had something kind of pop up the week before the race. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, what am I doing? Like, I guess I might need to scratch this race. And I uh, went to the physical therapist and I felt so much better after. And so I remember being like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And I ended up having a course PR, which is a big deal there because it's such a challenging course. And I wanted to get in under six hours there, even though my 70.3 PR is a 520. I just was like, okay, I want to, I want to try to get under six. And was pleasantly surprised that um, I was definitely nervous biking, but yeah. I felt really good. And so I was able to kind of push while being cautious. And it ended up working out that I, I had a really great race day. And I was like, okay, like I didn't think like, okay, one and done, I'm back. But yeah, it was a huge confidence boost for me to be like, you know, you treated your recovery right. And, you know, you, you can do this again. You can, you can live again and race again. So that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sets me on fire. I like to race like we were talking about earlier. And so that was really a big moment for me to be like, you know, I'm going to be okay. Like yeah. I'm not going to be a hundred percent mentally, physically every day. And the PTSD is still going to be there. The after effects are still going to be there, but I'm not going to be a victim. I'm still going to do my thing. I'm going to race. I'm going to do what I can do and live each day to the fullest. Yeah. I love that idea of acceptance that you just mentioned, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have a hard day. I'm going to have a day where this is not as easy as it was yesterday or a week ago or a few years ago. And I'm okay with that. I mean, that is acceptance. And that's such a huge thing that I think so many of us are working on in so many different aspects of our life. Yeah. I think, I think our, um, you know, our past or whatever we want to call them are are always, they're constantly getting derailed. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, you know that as a mom, a working mom and, you know, doing all the things you're doing, there's like days where your kids just need you and you're dropping balls and the important ones can fall, but the, the ones that are made of glass, you catch and, you know, you just, you keep going and you kind of figure out how to make it work. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. It's incredible to see the way that you just fought your way back the last eight months and are still just doing amazing things. And you're coaching more people, including myself <laughs> as I, yes, you know, I'm so excited. I, Breaking news. I just, training with me now. <laughs> I am. I just, I think, I don't know. I, I always love the idea of like, well, how do I get better? Uh, just even by a little bit in different aspects of my life. And for me, and going back to kind of how you talked about, uh, running be a, being a form of therapy, like as you had your babies and suffered through, you know, postpartum depression, like it is real therapy. And I don't run with music or headphones in when I'm outside because I just love the sound of my feet on the pavement. And just, I'm up so early that it's usually just the birds and the horses in me. Um, oh, I love that. You need to teach me how to do that. It I is, struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's something really special and it's become very meditative for me and definitely a form yeah. of therapy. And so I love to run just to run, but I thought, you know, I haven't challenged myself in a second with running in a way that like, I really want to like push myself. And so I think for me, that's like my next goal with running and my next part of my passion area of running. But for someone who is just getting started, because you and I have both been there, like what, <laughs> I get asked this question and Heather, and I'm like, I'm not the person to answer this for you. What yes, are you? You are you're a runner girl. You're totally a runner girl. I don't girl. know. I, I just want to know what your tips are for someone who's like, oh man, I'd really like to get into running. It just feels so daunting though. And that one mile, like, I don't even know if I could do that. I've never run before. What, what do you say to them? How do we encourage them to just get those tennis shoes on and try it? Honestly, it is such an easy answer that you'll probably hear from other people, but it's baby steps. It honestly is the baby steps and the consistency just being like, uh, I had to do a really hard speed workout this morning and I did not want to do it. And I knew I had to set my alarm early and get up because it was going to get too hot. And my day as a mom is too crazy that if I didn't get up, it wouldn't get done. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually was not in the mood to do it, but I was like, you know what, if I get up and I lace up, lace on my shoes. And for me, I love listening to podcasts unless mm-hmm. I'm doing like really fast speed work where I need like a beat to kind of keep me moving mm-hmm. like today. So I did kind of a mix today, but I'll save like my favorite podcast that I want to listen to and be like, okay, I'm going to listen to that, give myself a mile to warm up. And then I always feel so good. I'm always mm-hmm. like, I feel great now. Why was I like mad at my, why was I mad for waking up? Cause I feel <laughs> great. And I'm so glad I'm out here. Yeah. But I think all of us as runners, whether you are a new runner, only running a quarter of a mile, or you are a seasoned ultra marathoner, I think getting up and getting out the door is the hardest part for everybody. Yeah. 
you know, getting up, lacing up your shoes and just kind of taking those first few steps. And, you know, everybody's routine is different in the morning. Some people need, um, you know, a little bit longer to wake up, maybe get a little caffeine in you. Other people can kind of get up and just go. But whatever works for you, like my little tricks, you know, like one of them is like lay your clothes out the night before, pick a cute outfit out, <laughs> lay them out, match yes, your I shoes and your shirt, whatever, <laughs> right? And and like have it laid out. It's in the bathroom, so I know I won't make, wake up my husband or my kids. I can go in the bathroom, change really quick, and I can sneak out the door and have my me time. Um, you know, those little tricks, setting an alarm, having a running buddy, having a coach that keeps you accountable. Yeah. So whatever it is, like I'm coaching um, kind of a more newbie runner and we're just working on trying to run, you know, four days a week and just mm-hmm. being consistent with it. And I'm like, I don't care what pace you run, yep. but you need to run a half a mile today. And then you're going to run a mile on Thursday or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and just having that consistency. And even if she's tired, walk it out and keep going. And it, I really think that, that that will build, you know, it just builds its, uh, you know, baby steps each and every day, each and every week. And before you know it, you're signing up to run a 10K or a half marathon, you know? Yep. I love it. It does. It it turns from this, like what feels like work into enjoyment and people are like, how can you enjoy it? And you're like, you just, you do, you end up loving it. And I would add, I think, cause I love the baby step thing. I mean, that's what I'll usually, you know, tell people is, okay, you got to just start small. Like don't just try to make the change overnight. And the other thing too is, and, and I struggled with this cause I've, I've wanted to be faster. And I remember last year I was training, um, before, COVID and the pandemic shut the races down and everything. I had started training for a half marathon and I had a pace in mind and I started out too strong. I, I started that. and I got hurt. I got injured and I was ticked and, uh, I had to nurse an injured hip for several months before I could later on do like 13.1 in, in the fall. Yeah. Um, hips are the worst. Oh, hips, man. I mean, and come I on. Feel, yeah, I've had a hip thing before. Getting it's not older. <laughs> but what was so interesting was a good lesson for me as I like worked, we both ran that Utah Valley and I did it with a friend and I just wanted to do it so she could really just enjoy her first half marathon and have a buddy with her. And so there was no pressure. And I just really just got the miles. I didn't worry about speed or anything. And it's been awesome as I'm like now working on speed to feel like, oh, I've got the miles in, I've practiced on distance and endurance. Now I'm ready to strengthen my legs and my lungs in a different way. And so it's just such a good reminder, long story short of like long lasting change that we want to see, whether it's in any aspect of our life doesn't happen overnight, right? We're not going to be starting. I'm not starting my race pace at Heather's current pace. I I, will, I probably will never get there. You know what I mean? But I'm like, what is my, my oh, best and where's my starting point? Like, where is my starting point right now? And that's yeah. where I'm going to be. Um, and focusing yeah. on that versus like what your starting point is. Yeah. And I think I love that so much. And I love that you ran with her. That was so special. I, I paced um, two days before my accident. I paced my little sister to her half marathon or her full marathon PR. Um, we were lucky that race happened amidst everything from the lockdown last year. But um, yeah. she, you know, she ran a PR by an hour, and it was almost an hour slower than mine. But it didn't matter. Wow. I mean, it was yeah. that to me felt like such a big accomplishment to be able to help her yeah. and you know get to that point. And so I think to your point about. Um, you know, just, it doesn't happen overnight. It took her a lot of training to get to that point. And, you know, people don't want to hear that. I think, I think it's really easy to, you know, we live in a a two day prime world where Mm -hmm. it's like, you can get anything you want quickly. It seems like, and people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. It took me 10 years to qualify for the Boston marathon. I was not a fast marathoner. Um, my first full was a four, four hours and 35 minutes which is a respectable time, yeah. right? But to qualify for Boston, I needed to be in like the 330s. Yeah. And now I'm a 319 marathoner and I even ran that race with an injured hip and hamstring. So I know there's even more potential to be faster, but I'm really proud of that. And I took my first half marathon from a 214 to a 125. Yeah. So, you know, you can always get faster. You can always set that new goal and, you know, whatever that goal is, it may not be to qualify for the Boston marathon. And maybe I want to go under four hours in a marathon, or I just want to finish one. Yeah. Whatever that is, it is well worth working for and it will take time, but 
the more you do it, it just becomes part of your routine. And you do, like you said, you kind of, it's a healthy addiction where you're just like, okay, I'm not really excited <laughs> to run, but I know I'm going to feel good once I get going and I'm going to feel so happy when it's done and I'm going to feel good. And I'm going to be doing a lot of things for my health, uh, mental and physical health. And, you know, there, there's yeah. so many benefits to putting in that time. Yep. And I think, I think it's so important too, to celebrate like all the little victories, like every time you go a second faster, every time you get up and you run 10 feet further or just getting up and getting your shoes, like celebrate the little victories and be like, so proud of yourself for, for even setting a goal that maybe felt like something you might not ever be able to accomplish, but here you are now working on it. Like celebrate you. Absolutely. And that's such a healthy way. For me, that's such a healthy way. And I've seen this with my peers racing that that's a mm. really healthy approach to running is just baby steps and slow progression. Um, because yeah. yeah, you, anybody can get injured, you know, but you can train smart. Yep. You can train smart and, and build each, like, like we said, beat yesterday. That's the, um, I'm a Garmin athlete and that's our, our motto is beat yesterday. And I love that because, yeah. you know, we can always improve on the person we were yesterday and the athlete we were and the mom, the whatever we want to improve on, we can always improve on that every day. Yeah. Amen to that. That's the best part of waking up in the morning. It's a new day. That's why I love the mornings. I love yes. waking up early because of the thought. All right, it's a new start. Yesterday was yesterday. Today's today. And Weston is playing golf a ton and, and he and Ryan and I will well, mostly he and Ryan, I, I interject myself in there. Cause I'm, I'm the, the caddy during the summer, but they I always say it. to each other, like, what's the most important hole? it's the next one, right? It's not just the one that you just had. Uh, it's the one you're working on right now. And maybe that one doesn't work out. So oh, I it's, love that it's the so next much. one, right? So you've got to move on from that last one. But and I, I have to feel yeah. that because I, I grew up yeah. golfing as well. Yeah. So I love, we take our kids golfing all the time too. I love yeah. that you're caddying. That is so fun. <laughs> a great life lesson on the golf course. <laughs> that is uh, so many life lessons. Oh my gosh. We'll have like a whole nother episode of the, the psychology of sports and all the things. But uh, I, that's my next goal is to learn how to golf. So after you get to, uh, to be a faster runner. <laughs> I'm taking golf lessons. You got it. Let's go hit the, let's go hit the course together. That sounds fun. Perfect. Heather, thank you so much for your thoughts, your perspective, and just your inspiration today. I appreciate it so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. It was so fun to visit with you. And like I said, we're lifelong real life friends. So that was just so fun and hope everybody else enjoys um, our conversation because I sure loved it. Well, you're just amazing. Really appreciate you. Proud of you. Um, And we're excited to follow along and see where else you go. Oh my goodness. Thank you. I'm so proud of you, my friend. You're (laughs) killing it in life. You're doing amazing things. So we'll keep on keeping on and beating yesterday, right? Yes. Yep. Love it. All right, friends. I'll see you next week. Thanks friends for tuning in today. For show notes and other episodes of Courtney Beyond the Cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. And for all things cake, remember you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.